canceling youth group for football. But I also have to recognize that this, the first Sunday in February, is a holiday to many people. So uh, for all of you who came, you're my favorite, and that'll always be the case. And no, I'm kidding. You're all my favorite, for those who are here and not here. Uh, a, qu- a few quick things. One, um, over on that table right there, on your way out, uh, if you'd like to grab a Mexico mission trip application, they are right there. Um, now, with just some of like, the logistics of, of people coming and plane tickets, um, this year, we, we are going to have to put like, a hard deadline on um, of you communicating to us whether you're coming by March, beginning of March at some point. Um, you know, it just it seems like at times there's people who sign up in May, and we want everyone to come, but it just makes it really hard. So, so if you'd like to come, we'd love for you to kind of commit. And there's two ways you can commit. One, you fill out that application, and two, you put a deposit down for the trip. So um, I hope and pray that you want to come to this mission trip. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, good stuff is happening. I've been talked about a lot last week, and... I'm excited. Um, and two, so uh, Carol and Ellie are going to the Tumwater High School's play this Friday night to support Kat. And so if you'd like to do that with them, go ahead and talk to Carol. And I don't know what I'm doing. That's too far away, Friday. What's the date on that? The 9th of 9th. Okay. If I do go to that men's retreat, I guess that would be that day. I haven't decided. I haven't decided. All right, hey, so I actually decided um, just because I thought it maybe it'd be a, a unique night and I don't plan to preach on as long as I usually do, although I say that a lot and then I never really do <laughs> yeah. so I, I really, like, I, honestly, my people I work with, like, they always joke about how I go forever. And, like, today, like, in first service when I preach, I preach for, like, 47 minutes and I just get this, like, you know, I'm just, like, like, I don't know, like, I try Interesting, interesting. Um, but so tonight we're going to take a break from Mark, but we're still going to look in the Gospels. And so I ask you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Chapter 6. And kind of what, what I'd like to do is um, two weeks ago when I last preached out of Mark, we had this theme that Jesus was um, kind of pointing out the hypocrisy of the the Pharisees and the scribes, and, and he quotes the prophet Isaiah by saying, you worship me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. And we talked about how sometimes in the Christian life we put on masks, where we kind of go through the motions. And, and that was just like, I'll be honest, for my own life, that's something that caused just a lot of um, consideration and moments of pause of how many times do we do things without really knowing why we do them. And so... Uh, I want to consider another passage that Jesus kind of talks a little bit about this warning about hypocrisy. And so uh, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 1, I'll read the passage for us and I'll pray and we'll spend just a couple of minutes talking about it. So Matthew 6 verse 1 says this, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, 
they have received the reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that you may, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time to consider your word. And and Lord, I ask that you would just bless it by your spirit, Lord. I pray that you would help us to see the true heart of a disciple. Someone who desires to please you, not with just their lips, but with their heart. Give us grace in this time, we pray. Amen. Let me begin by sharing a few stories about my religious life growing up. A few, a few stories here. We got, we got two, two sets of stories here. Okay, the first set is uh, rewind my life back to middle school. I remember I was in middle school and I was walking to the bus and I rode the bus hard. That was like, I lived like 25 minutes from school and the bus was just the way to get around. And one day I was getting on the bus and the Gideons were out and about at our school. Does anyone know what the Gideons are? Here, let me up with the Gideons. You go to the hotel, and you open up a drawer, and you see a Bible. A Gideon placed that Bible in that drawer. And so Gideons are just like an uh, international organization where they go around the world, and they pass out Bibles, right? And a lot of times in hotel rooms. And, and the, but uh, this particular Gideon, he had these small little pocket Bibles. And the, the color it was, uh, he was passing out was orange. Yeah, oh, I got some nods over there, right? Our generation's tracking. And so I have this, he's kind of like, you know, I'm used to like, I have Bibles in my home. Like I probably have four or five different Bibles I got from this person and that person. But so something about this idea of having a small little compact pocket-sized Bible, just the New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs, I thought was really neat. And in the, in the front part of it, it had like all these verses about if you have anxiety, read these verses. If you are struggling with sadness, read these. Uh, if you want some passages on prayer, read these. And I, I thought that was really helpful as a middle schooler. But I remember one time uh, I was in language arts and we had free reading. And, and I, I really wanted to like read some of these verses, you know, and but I was kind of scared to pull up my little orange Bible. So what I did was I got a bigger novel, <laughs> and I put this little pocket-sized Bible inside of it, and I was kind of like, and it probably looked funny, because at one point the teacher's like, Aaron, what are you reading? Because the novel is big, and I'm like looking down like this, like zooming in. I'm like, oh, this book, you know? And um, and there's this kind of like this, this fear of like, oh no, like what are these people going to think of me? They see me reading the Bible. I remember that being like a, a really tough thing for me. Um, another, another story related to this is um, for Christmas, I got this like MP3 player in high school. I wasn't cool enough to get an iPod when they first came out, but I had some other MP3 player that was kosher. And, and I had just gotten Jeremy Camp's new CD. And, and at the time, I, I didn't like just Christian music, um, and I think my mom just thought it was cool that I, I would listen to any Christian music, so she just bought me all the Jeremy Camp stuff that I could, and, and I put on my MP3 player, and, and my friends, they kind of knew I was like a church kid, and I, went, you know, I was a Christian, but you know, for the most part, that didn't intersect quite yet, and one morning, I was listening to my Jeremy Camp on the way to school, and my friend was like, hey, 
what are you listening to? I was like, oh, you know, just some music I have on here. Well, can I listen to it? Uh, why? I just want to see what you listen to. I just want to hear your music. Uh, one second. ACDC, <laughs> ACDC. Okay, ACDC, Hell's Bells. Here we go. Uh, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, ACDC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hell's Bells, right? Um, and I, and I, so I get back the MP3 player, and then I'm like, that was a close one. <laughs> like, I, I was scared to share my Christian music with my friends. And I, I think there's, like, there's a number of these stories where, like, I'm sure, like, many of us have struggled, like, when it comes to a prayer group and a small group, it's, like, it's time to pray, and you're kind of like, well, there's, like, really big spiritual people here, and I, I don't want to pray. And so, like, I remember one time, I'm going to add this one, this is a freebie. I was, like, in freshman youth group, and I, and I convinced myself, I'm going to pray in the big circle this time. I'm going to do it. And we were kind of spread out, but we're all just, just to kind of pray out loud. And so this girl's in the middle of praying, and she, like, pauses for, like, five seconds. So I think she's done praying. And then I just started, like, Lord, I thank you. And then she's, like, um, in front of, like, 30 people, I was just, like, never again. Never again will I pray in public. This is the worst. Look at you now. I know. Seriously, right. Fast forward to the other side, my religious experience. Um, I, I feel like I have always been someone, for some reason, that I read something once in the Bible and I have a easy time remembering where it's at. I, I've been able to recall scripture, to memorize scripture. On top of that, going to Bible college and seminary after that, of knowing original languages, of, of just studying under some of like, the brightest minds and, and evangelicalism, I, I just feel like sometimes I like being able to impress people with my knowledge. I sometimes will throw in random facts to people. I'm like, did you know that when Abraham made it to Egypt, the pyramids were already ancient? Like, who cares? One. But I feel like it kind of looks good for me when I, I know all the answers and I can kind of point people. I like to get into people's conversations who are talking about the Lord and, and I like for them to hear what I have to think and what, what I share and what I, what I can offer, right? And I think there's, on the other side of this middle school, Aaron, there's this other danger of sometimes I think I like a little too much of my religious activity, like, Riley, uh, what'd, you, what'd you think of that message earlier? And, and although um, I don't think every single time we kind of show out in public we are trying to develop attention, I do think that is a temptation. That if we're in small groups and we share something, we, we tend to sometimes share things because we want to keep face and look like we are doing okay and the passage that we're considering here, it actually kind of raises a little bit of um, attention. So Jesus, is. this is like the famous Sermon on the Mount passage, right? Where Jesus is actually like, the whole sermon seems to be about religious sinners. The people who think that they're righteous by way of doing religion well. And Jesus is kind of like saying, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. And, and, and before he gets to the Lord's Prayer, he gives this warning. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. 
Now, what's the tension that you may add? Do me a favor, go ahead and scroll back a little bit in Matthew chapter 5 and look down at verse 13. So Jesus, a little earlier in this sermon, says in Matthew 5, 13, he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Therefore, in the same way, let your light shine before others, so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus says, as my disciples, as my representatives, you are to one, you are to be salt. And salt back then, just brief kind of illustration here, is a preservative. And so Jesus is kind of saying, my people, my disciples, you preserve, you push back darkness, you fight for integrity and justice and love. This is what you do. And and more than that, just salt, you are supposed to be light. And how do we do light? We let it shine. We, 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 we show people our good deeds. We, 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 we demonstrate to this world a life of self-abandonment to God. And Jesus says, that is what we're supposed to do because when they see our good deeds, they glorify God. But fast forward. Beware of doing righteous things in front of people. So what do we do with this tension? In one sense, Jesus is saying, hey, don't be ashamed. Shed that light. Be that salt in your school. If your home isn't following Christ, you know, bring that moral preservative to it. Shine the light of Christ in it. If, if you are in the middle of school and, and you see darkness, Jesus says, no, you are to be light. But also, be careful. That by doing a lot of religious stuff, that you're not just doing them for attention. And so I kind of what I want to talk about tonight is, is how do we solve this problem? Where do we find this balance that as a high schooler, how am I to be someone who represents Jesus in a way that helps people glorify God? But how do I not live a, such a life to where when I do religious things, I come to youth group or mission trips? or sing, or pray in small groups. They don't do it to draw attention. You see, both sides of the equation earlier for me is one, Aaron, at at one point, hid his light under the basket. I, I didn't want to be that preservative. I didn't want people to see light, and so I did what I could to kind of hold it back. But then there's another part of Aaron that says, oh no, I I like it when people think that I do good things. So let me me try to, um, someone I think really in a commentary is very helpful and they give us this principle. And I think this is a good principle for us to think about and to consider. So here it is. When you are tempted to hide your faith, You need to show it. But when you are tempted to show your faith, you need to hide it. Let me say that again. When you are tempted to 
puts your light under the basket. That you're afraid to tell your friends what you really think about an issue. When you're, when you're afraid to really stand up and do what is right. Jesus says you need to be salt and you need to show it. However, when you are tempted to show your faith, like how much you know and how well you can pray and how many books you have read and how many retreats and trips you've been on and all the things you can talk about God, he says we should try to hide it. We should try to hide it. In Jewish culture, there was three primary ways in which they showed piety to God. And that was by one, giving alms to the poor, by prayer, and by fasting. That the, the, the typical way in which someone back then was considered, and we've talked about this a little bit in Mark throughout the year, is that they would kind of prove themselves to be a religious person by how much they gave, by how much they prayed, and by how much they fasted. And what's interesting is Jesus is constantly rebuking them because what does he say here? In chapter 6, he says, the hypocrites, they actually sound the trumpet when they give money to the poor. Imagine on Sunday morning we pass out the offering basket and you, uh, you just got a babysitting gig that before and you made like 80 bucks, right? And we'll say like you feel extra cheerful this morning and so you're going to give God $10. And so the basket's coming and you take out your wallet and you get out your $10 and you say, hey, everyone, I need you to know what I'm about to do. I'm going to put this $10 in the offering basket. Here it goes. I'm putting it in. My hand is getting close. I am dropping the money. The money's in the basket. That $10 is going to save the world, right? I, uh, that's insane to think that, but there's a, there's a sense in which that was kind of the practice where they kind of would boast about how much they gave. You know, it's, it's always struck me, like, when you go to public places like a library or a museum, and you see, or like a hospital, right? A hospital is a good example of this. And, and people, out of the, I think, out of the generosity of their heart, they give money to a, an organization they believe in. But then you kind of, like, I'll be walking in a library, and some random bookshelf, it'll say, this bookshelf is in the honor of such and such who gave the gold platinum status. You know, hospital, just names and names and names of people who donated money. And I, I think what's interesting about that is, is Jesus, what he's doing here is he's saying, when you do something out of the goodness of your heart, but you expect any recognition from it, he says, that's your reward. He says, to be careful. I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, I didn't have a lot of money. But, but let me say a few things. How many of us, though, like to advocate for ourselves about the good things that we do? Thank you for being honest. I won't lie. I, I thought um, that's something people do all the time. We kind of try to say, well, you know, I spent my, my summer, I went on this mission trip with my youth group, and we did a lot of good. And, and, see, and part of that, like, that's a good thing to share. But sometimes we, we try to convince other people of how good we are, but by sharing 
good things that we've done. So maybe we saw someone at the lunch table. Maybe we saw uh, someone kind of walking by themselves. And, and we, out of the kindness and goodness of our hearts, desired to bring them into relationship. And when we kind of brought them in into friendship, and then out of that we see some more blossoming relationships with that person. And, and we kind of maybe go home or we tell a friend, you know, I had this really cool experience. This person they didn't have any friends, and I sat with them. Mom, it was super cool. I just felt like Jesus really used me, and uh, I'm a good person, right? Like, I do good things for people. And I think all we are, are doing here is kind of trying to convince people that we're good. We're trying to receive that affirmation for the good things that we do. Either I, I gave my money, or I gave my time, or I'm this type of person, or I don't do that. And Jesus is saying, when you are tempted to show off your righteous deeds in order to make yourself look better, <coughs> be warned. That was, does that brother and sister do that? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Why? Why do not do this? So go ahead and look down the middle of verse 2. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Um, something, you know, this morning I, I, I was able to preach up in church, and, and uh, this, this idea kind of came out when I was studying this passage too a little bit, is it's interesting how Jesus oftentimes kind of calls us to think about our own self-interest. That the reason why Jesus kind of tells us to be weary of, of showing off our righteous deeds is because he says, you'll lose your reward. And it's almost to say, Jesus says, I, I want you to keep your reward. I, I want you to be able to actually have a reward. But you will lose your reward when you just show it off to other people. And so, I think for high schoolers, what, what should this look like for you? It should look like an honest, thoughtful, and intentional heart about the things we share about. Why do we feel the need to prop up ourselves? When, when out of faith, you do something that is pleasing to the Lord, are you content if no one else knows about it? Sometimes they say that um, the last final bit of praise is telling something about something. Right? If I have a great meal and it's delicious and wonderful and great, the last part of that enjoyment is me coming home and telling my wife about it. But are you content? And your obedience and love for God just for it to be between you and him. Jesus goes on and he says in verse 3, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And I always thought that was interesting because I, how is that even possible? Like say if I have that $10 now and I, my left hand it has it covered. And I've actually seen people in church. Like I remember... Um, my, my buddy, David Kennedy, he had money and he, and he, um, crumpled it up in his hand. And when the basket came, he would put it in and he didn't want anyone to see. And I was like, why, why are you all weird about putting your money in the basket, dude? 
And, and he actually quoted this verse. He says, you know, Jesus says, do not let your left hand know your right hand, but, but my mind knows what my left hand is doing, so therefore my right hand knows what my left hand is doing. You know, kind of a unique thing, but what, what is Jesus communicating to us? Is that we should actually think of ways of how we can show goodness and kindness without people knowing about it. Right? There's a sense in which if I want to encourage Tyler Gibbs, and I, and I want to give him a card and a, and a nice Starbucks gift card in it, and say, hey, Tyler, I'm praying for you this week. I'm, I'm proud of you. I, I hope that you feel better from the flu. There's a way in which I, I could you know, swing by his house, call him out of his house and say, here you go, man, just between me and you, I love you. Or I, I could, in front of youth group, in front of all of you here, hey, Tyler, this is for you, right? And everyone has to see that I gave him a card. And maybe it's not that blatant, but what Jesus is kind of saying is he's saying we should actually think and strategize in ways of how we can show good deeds without people knowing about it. And so I think it is wise for people to not share always how much they gave. It is wise for people to keep their sacrifices to the Lord a personal thing. Because do you want to know why? Because there is this danger of just like the Aaron who rears his ugly head, who feels more spiritual, who feels good, who feels affirmed when I can tell people how much I know about the Lord, when I can give you the answers to your questions, when I can fill your head with random, useless trivia facts about the Bible. Almsgiving is one thing, but how about prayer? Are there places where we can get alone to pray? You know, I, again, I don't, I don't think any of you go in the middle of your halls at Black Hill or Tomorrow or wherever you go to school and put up your hands and you just begin to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I, right? Like, I, I, sometimes we, this, this distancing between how they live their lives and how we live our lives is so different. But Jesus, he, he really wants us to learn to be someone who we are close to him in the private. And so, um, I've already talked longer than I planned to. Let me wrap this up for us. Why should we be people who, when we are tempted to hide, show, and when we're tempted to show, hide? Because ultimately, I think it shows us the level of our hearts, of where we're at with Christ. Jesus is not looking for people who go through the ins and outs of religious performance. Jesus is not, listen, Jesus is not looking for people who just do what they're supposed to do. He wants people who are captured by their hearts about the beauty of what he has done. You know, Jesus, it's interesting. He is a public God. He is our God. We worship him in public. But do you know what's also so great about Jesus? Is that he's personal. Is that he knows us tenderly. And Jesus, what, what he's looking for in a true follower is someone who not out of compulsion, who not out of self-interest, or not out of greed or the desire to be affirmed. He's looking for people who worship him 
for who he is. So when we are tempted to show, let's hide. Maybe we don't speak at small groups. Maybe, maybe we don't interject our comments into a conversation. Maybe we just say, oh, I'm not really sure. I don't have an opinion. And when we're tempted to hide, we simply say, I'm listening to Jeremy Camp. What do you think of his music? I'm reading the Bible. Do you have a Bible? I could share one with you. That's what Jesus is asking us to do. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for this passage of Scripture. Father, I just ask that you give us hearts of clarity, hearts that desire to worship you sincerely and authentically. Lord, I pray that you continue to change us by the gospel more and more each day, that we are people who are in love with you, who are being changed by you. Bless these students with hearts of faith, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.